As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hi, and welcome to TalkWord. I'm Marty Dundix, editor-in-chief of the Preview News Magazine, and this is TalkWord, where uh, hilariously funny writers and performers come and, uh, and hang out and tell cringeworthy stories about their lives, and I'm lucky today to have one of the most awkward people that I've met recently, <laughs> Jonathan Zeller. John Zeller, what do you prefer, Jonathan or John? Uh, I guess you can go with Jonathan because that's the, the usual byline, but I don't care. Yeah, your byline is Jonathan, which that's I think correct. is classic. It is. That's what I, I aim to project an image of luxury. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of writers do that. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I'm like the infinity of, uh, of humor writers. But when you, and you're also a stand up comedian, when you get introduced to do stand up comedy, is it Jonathan Zeller? It's usually Jonathan. I don't correct people if they say John. I think it's it's perfectly fine. If I someone says Johnny, do you go absolutely ape shit? I I don't. I try not to assail people who have booked me. It's not going that well for me yet. <laughs> I I do think that Johnny is a strange choice. You could be a Johnny. No, actually, so. you couldn't. My mom always told me I'd be the next Johnny Carson because you know she's a liar, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fine. Call me whatever. You could be Thank the next Johnny Carson. You could be the uh, next old dead. <laughs> that's true. Funny Someday I will be. Funny is subjective. Someday we will all be dead. There you go. That's a, a common theme, I think, in a lot of your writing, isn't it? It's sort of this yeah. existential uh, 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 nihilistic view of the world. Dread. There's a, a bit. lot of dread. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you feel. You You seem like more optimistic uh, than me. <laughs> I don't know. I just like I, it's I I think I'm 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 happy but worried. I'm always worried cuz I'm I know. I know how it ends and that that does trouble me. Well, it's always going to end, isn't right. it? Right. So, why not just have some fun? See, that's but that's the Marty Dundix attitude. It is. <laughs> it's it's kind of a happy fun. dumb goldfish attitude like, you know, it's the almost no memory of the terrible things that have happened to you or are to come, you know? And you are a fan of goldfish humor. I've seen some goldfish humor. I, <laughs> there humorous. is some. There yeah. is. There's actually I can off the top of my head I I have like five different cartoons that I think I've published that are are fish related. That's right. I you used to have the, a pet fish. You did uh, uh -huh. how It wasn't like, a goldfish how, though. How recently? 
<laughs> in my adulthood. In your adulthood. <laughs> yeah, I used to have fish when I was up, up until I went to college. I had fish because my parents were uh, smart enough to know that I was, you know, not ready for dog ownership and they would be saddled with the dog. So I kind of had the sad substitute of, of a fish for a while. It is a sad substitute, but also it's it, it has its impossibilities as well. Like when you leave for and if you leave, you got to take the fish with you. So I, I had the fish in my car like driving down south to the family for a holiday. And I was like, well, I have this fish now. So I put the fish in the bowl in like a mini cooler. It was open air. And then I put the fish in the in the driver's seat of the car and I put the seatbelt. It was almost like a car seat for a fish, what? which was tough to do when you're driving because you, you – you know when you, you when you'd stop short with a human, you put your arm in front of them, right? right? And I was doing that with a fish, and there was like water coming out of the bowl and stuff. And I would, I was like, the fish almost came out a couple of times, so I had to put like a half lid. But then I thought the fish was going to die. And then you're thinking, well, fish are they're able to breathe underwater. Is a lid really going to hurt that much? But yeah, it is going to hurt that much because the the water doesn't always well, have recirculating re- re- air. Anyway, we've gone off topic. Question question and statement. One is, a, well, what type of fish did you have? Um, it was um, the, uh, it's like blackish, bluish, violetish. Um, it's not a goldfish. It's the other kind that the dies other... very quickly. Well, it's not one of those, like, the fighting fish. Yeah, right? it's the fighting oh, it fish. Is, oh, the, so you got to keep him alone. And yeah, you got to keep him yeah. alone. Yeah. There you go. The other thing I was going to say is when you when you describe the, the trip. It's like, I think being an animal has to be so confusing in the world of... I think beta about, fish! Well, beta fish, you got it. <laughs> uh, but you know, in the, in the world of humans, you ever, I always think about my dog, like her life. I, don't th- I think it's a happy life, but I think she's got to be confused all the time because she has no idea conceptually you know, why mm-hmm. she has to do 95% of things. Yeah. So yeah. for the fish, like, what what's the experience of being in your car in the water? Such like, why Just is life screaming. suddenly hell? Similar experience as a human in my car. Just <laughs> screaming the whole time for dear life. I drive a 1994 Isuzu Rodeo. That's getting up there. Still has most of the tires. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it is. It's like an ancient car. Three out of four ain't bad. Just had the, the 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 gas tank just fell out. Had to find a new gas tank. Is that real? You the guy didn't. That's something that yeah. can happen to a car. Yeah, and my car is so old that when you when you call the repair place, they call they, they call you back. You say, "Oh, something's wrong with my car," and they're like, "Oh, it's the gas tank. We got to replace it." I'm like, "Okay," and then you wait for the call, thinking, "Oh, my car's done." And the guy actually kind of gave me the call. Uh, gave me the call that that said, "You know, like, sorry, but uh, there's nothing we can do." Car's not going to make it, you know. Is that right? And you're like, well, uh, you know, what is it? Well, they don't make that uh, gas tank anymore. And um, well, is there anything I can do? Well, there is the secondary market, so you could look for a gas tank for a 1994 Isuzu. I'm like, well, well, that's a possibility. And I Google it, and there's actually, it's like getting an organ transplant. It's like looking on the transplant list for a matching donor, and I found uh, there's a great database for junkyards across the United States, and they all share a database of car parts. And I was able to find uh, exactly what I needed in Arizona, and they shipped it. Um, And it's the, the gas tank is in better shape than my entire car. It's good. So your car is not exploded yet. No, That's but good. that would I be mean, my fear with then my fear rather with just getting a gas tank for some random junkyard. <laughs> well, the guy the guy put it in. He's like, uh, this gas tank is great. Um, it's a it's in much better shape than the rest of your car. You should keep in contact with that junkyard <laughs> to see if they have more parts. 
So I have them like bookmarked on my computer. So when when the next thing falls off, I'm good to go. You'll just slowly rebuild your Suzu. It's going to be like the million dollar man. Right. It's going to be able to talk soon. Mm-hmm. That's all cars soon <laughs> will. I, you know, uh, that's great. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll transition while we're on. <laughs> well, you told that you, the, it was the correct advertising, the most awkward person you've met. This is the truest. This is on brand. Well, you're funny just because you, 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 you're, you know, you were a little bit late, which was I didn't think anything of that. But you were like, I've lived in New York for so long, and I got lost, and, and it's raining, and you know, I did get lost, and I have lived in the city for 16 years, which is kind of embarrassing. But it's just the way I am, and I think it would be more appealing. I feel like geniuses are allowed to do that, so I just need to get better at the other yeah. stuff I do. Because like Einstein would get lost, and no one cared, so I just need right. to get a lot better at a lot of other things, and then no one will care. Yeah, it's it, it, people give give the excuse of it's a he's a genius, so. You know, you have to look past uh, all of the awkward stuff that John's constantly doing. Yeah. But instead, we have this. I will get to my plug first so I can ask you interesting questions. So you've got a really cool show coming up. Speaking (laughs) of dogs and pets and things of that nature, um, you have a dog-friendly stand-up comedy show coming up at the end of May. That's right. May 31st. Okay. There are any dog owners out there in the New York area should come down to DSK Cafe to the Good Dog Show. We got tickets at thegooddogshow.eventbrite.com. It's just five dollars for humans and free for your dog guests. And we got a good lineup. Jordan Temple, who's been on BET, writes for Smilf uh, and did really clever stuff. I don't know if you knew about like the color Urkel or uh, Hidden Fences. But those kind of mashup things, yeah. we do them down at the creek, other places. Emily Winter, who does some of the best shows. We were talking earlier about bar shows in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen Back Fat at uh, Union Hall, she produces that and some other things. Daniel Simonson, who's been on your— uh, Oh, Daniel Simonson's yeah. funny. Yeah, he's been on Guaranteed Delivery. His BBC. delivery is so just like deadpan serious. Yeah, he's and, so uh, charming. Yeah. Uh, he had I don't want to I don't want to butcher his stuff, but I, I will say that in the privacy of my own home, my uh, my uh, spousal equivalent and I I think that's a spousal equivalent is a uh, Joy Behar phrase. But anyway, we we sometimes uh, do Daniel Simonson bits to uh, one another. Uh, and then Carmen Lagala, <laughs> does he know that? I don't think he does. Well, he might soon. I it think might, it should. Be it an might honor. ruin all of his material for, her, for himself. <laughs> it's he's it's because he's funny. It's he's the way just going to picture you naked. That's <laughs> it's the way you would do with anyone. People yeah. do uh, you know Seinfeld bits to anyway. That's uh, true. Uh, Carmen Lagala, who's a really really good joke writer, uh, has been on uh, Bridgetown, and then Danny Rathbun, and also Keenan Steiner. Who Love Keenan. Yeah. And uh, he's actually he's co-producing with me. Uh, he and that's Keen Star Millionaire. That's right, right? on the uh, on the Instagram, and of he's course funny. hosted by me. So you know it's going to be great. But we're going to have. I'm excited to crowd work dogs. I've wanted my dog to see me perform. This is finally a chance for that to happen. And how how many dogs are you expecting? That is a. <laughs> Do you have contingencies for like what if the dogs don't get along? No, I, I'm a little bit. I, I think that this is this is partially a hook. Part of me assumes, okay, it's not the biggest bar in the world. I mm-hmm. feel like, let's say, dream scenario, like, okay, forty people show. I mean, really, right? It's a bar show. It's a fairly small place. So, what if maybe like ten of them bring dogs? I kind of want to embrace the chaos. I know some comedians get really upset. You can see it. I've seen it on your show, other shows. You know, they almost get angry if they hear something go wrong. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I think it'll be funny if if there is a little bit of a you know a dog heckling it's going on. It's fun that you're you know it's yeah it's fun to be able to roll with chaos a little bit. Like you know going in, there's gonna be a bunch of dogs at this show. Yeah. So 
off the off the bat, things are different than what I am used to as you know a comedian and maybe as an audience member. You're going to be like, hmm, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so and, you don't have any preconceived notions. It's going to be a dog comedy show. And fortunately, said the comedians are mostly uh, seemingly excited about it. <laughs> Uh, Most are not running away. Yeah, like, you know, uh, Carmen Legala said she wanted to pet every dog. Danny Rathbun sent a very funny rider where uh, all the conditions were as if he were a dog. So, you know, I think people kind of know what they're getting into. And there's a history of comedy for dogs. I don't know if you saw, did you see the ep- episode recently of the Chris Gethard show called no. Talk Show? for? Oh, my God, fantastic. Uh, they just, uh, the guests included... Um, Oh no! Uh, well, I'll I'll come back to it. But they they did a show that was ostensibly just for dogs, yeah. which obviously is ridiculous. They have no conception of that. And I think back were they dressed up in little dog clothes? They weren't. But the musical guest was Jeff Rosenstock. He was dressed in a big dog costume. Oh, okay. Reverse. Uh, and then yeah, the whole studio audience was dogs, and they had a bunch of toys for them to play with. I know Steve Martin did a stand up set for dogs back in the day. So there's a long there's a long tradition of of having dogs in audiences. But I hope that this is the first Brooklyn bar show for dogs. And they're just going to be on the ground. There's not, like, special seating for the dogs. No, I'm assuming they'll mostly be in their owner's laps. I guess if you have a big dog, the dog will have to sit next to you. Is there going to be a special dog happy hour? Um, well, there will be a happy hour for humans from 3 to 8 p.m., so feel free to arrive at DSK Cafe early. You know, the dogs. That's right. Great plug. Uh, But, you know, this place, so it's like a separate room. You know how New York City rules are, Mm -hmm. essentially, to have something for dogs, you you have to have everything separate from the kitchen. So it's really like a whole separate room from, but they have a great beer garden and, um, you know, a lot of great food next door, so you'll be able to bring it over and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it should be. It should be fun for the people. Now, how will the dogs react to the presence of stuff like sausage and pretzels? I guess stay oh, tuned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, because that stuff smells great, and they're going to be able to smell that very easily. Even as a human, when you smell really good food, it's hard not to take it from the table Oh, they're going to go you. crazy. They're going to jump up on the <laughs> stage to get across. Where, in the orientation of where the food is and where the comics are... Where are the dogs going to be? Like, are the dogs going to literally cross the comics to get to the food? Well, or is another so room? the theory, the, the food is all prepared and served in a totally separate space. Okay. But people will be able to bring it in, I, I think. So they'll probably be with the people. So the dogs will be with them. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I've been to a... I've been to this dog cafe, but just for coffee, and usually yeah. there are only a couple of people in there. And there's another one in Manhattan, Boris and Horton, which is not – this is not part of the club. It's the plug, rather, but I just really like that place. Yeah. It's good to have places to go with your dog. See, I don't know. And you what didn't kind have of the a... same struggle with your fish, right? No, but I did not. You feel bad leaving them at home, you know, so it's nice to be able to take your dog somewhere. I never took the fish to a bar, but maybe I should have. You should. I'll tell you. I can't Good way to pick you. up the ladies. Be like, who's that lunatic with the fish? <laughs> it's my peacocking. <laughs> Are you allowed? What would happen? Can you bring a fish to a place like this? I better not say you can because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure no one would even notice. It depends right. how big. I mean, if you bring a gigantic aquarium into a bar, they might say something. But if it's just like a little bowl. Right. You know, like what you get the fish in at the fish store. Right. It feels like an early improv everywhere bit to like being, bring a 20-gallon fish tank with yeah. you to wherever you're going. That yeah. feels like something they would have done like 15 years ago. It would be very—I'm sure, yeah. But I don't, I don't want to presume to know what improv everywhere would or wouldn't do. That's just my individual judgment. Have you—well, before um, we talk about improv yeah. everywhere, 
Have you participated in an improv venue before? No, I think I kind of missed the boat on it. By the time... Are I we mean, too I, old to do that now? Now? I think I'm too old for lots of things. I don't want to say too old. My favorite stuff, I think, was when people were confused about who they were. I remember the thing where they brought, you know, the, the desktop computers into the Starbucks. Yeah. I think there's a certain charm to uh, still doing, you know, uh, but I basically, you know, the no pants subway ride to me, the best thing was seeing people confused. And I think there, to a degree, you're almost a victim of your own success. You see that happen, what it happens with Borat, it happens with yeah. uh, all kinds of things. Once people know who you are, I think it's a little harder right. to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But I haven't kept up with their exploits. I'm sure they found ways to conceal it. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, they do the Star Wars thing. Yeah. Usually every year. I, don't, I didn't see that this year, though. See, oh, no. if they do it all the time, then it's not... I should have brought notes. This is terrible. I brought up a thing that I'm not qualified to discuss, which is all You don't have to have notes. But uh, <laughs> my question was, well, why... I guess the, the dog comedy show came just because you like to hang out with your dog in these cafes and thought I could combine the two yeah. things that I like to do. Yeah, there's the pure of heart reason and there's the cynical reason. Uh, the pure of heart reason for it is that I do love my dog. I, what I kind of dog do you have? I have a dachshund. She's a miniature dachshund. She's four years old. She is so a that's very, like a hot dog dog. She is a hot... Now that's redundant, but uh, yes. Uh, she is... <laughs> Marty um, just rolled his mini, eyes at me. Mini hot dog a dog. mini hot dog. Just kind of like a, a cocktail... Like a, a cocktail wiener. Yeah, there you go. Uh, she's is that very, what they would call... A mini hot dog dog? I mean, the AKC wouldn't, but I I mean, you could. No one can stop you. I would. You. I would. Uh, yeah, but she's a very special uh, She's a very special dog. I love her very much, and it is hard to leave her. I think, you know, the parts of comedy that don't agree with me are all the parts except writing and telling jokes. So, like, <laughs> kind of like being out late, really. I, I'm lame. I'm not that old, but I just, I really would rather be at home with my, with my uh, female counterpart of my dog and just, like, be watching TV. What's your dog's name? Uh, she is Sheldon. That is a boy's name for a female dog. We picked the name first and just stuck with it. She doesn't know, so it's fine. Do you call her Shelly? Um, because so, that's a girl's name. So you sound a little bit like my mom right now. This is funny because there is a divide. Like there are people who just also don't wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my mom would do that. <laughs> she just calls her Shelly. Some people on the street will do it. They're just like, no, I'm not going along with this. Uh, but we just go with Sheldon again. It's fine. I don't think you know. Bazinga. That's yeah, yeah. Right. We've all seen the, we've all seen <laughs> the Big Bang Theory, which I will not disparage. If anybody wants to hire me to write for CBS <laughs> Network sitcom The Big Bang Theory, I would be honored. Um. Uh, is, so you're also a comedy writer. You yeah. do stand up, but you're also yeah. a writer, and you write for a lot of places. You write. Have you been in the New Yorker? I did, yeah. I wrote Look at a you. Daily Big true. shot, Mr. Big Shot over here. Look at this That's, guy. It was very it was a very nice morning over brunch. I felt very special. I got a lot of congratulatory emails and then just the next day I went back to not being able to figure out how to get pitches accepted by anyone. So What was the was article great. that you did? Oh, you did the talk show thing. Um, no, the one, there oh, was no, a really was funny talk show. That was McSweeney's. Yeah, yeah. That was very funny. I am proud of I will say well, the the, the New York was the uh, craziest. What, 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 yeah, tell the headline for that McSweeney's piece. Uh, it was, uh, it's time for straight white men to stop dominating the late night TV landscape as soon as I'm done hosting The Tonight Show for 30 years. Um, which, yeah, I was, I'm... That was pretty good. Thanks. And it was a very funny article. So if you're listening, please check that out on Thank McSweeney's. Thank you, yeah. Please read, please read all of Jonathan Zeller's humor pieces and send him money. It doesn't have to be for any reason. Uh, no, the, um... I'm proud of that one. I feel like it aged okay. Sometimes when you have like a quote unquote timely idea, like the yeah. kind of 
McSweeney stuff stuff for you guys at weeklyhumorous.com, uh, mm. whatever, New Yorker, anything. Plug. That's right. It's Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I look back. I'm very rarely ashamed, but sometimes, you know, a month or two later, I'm like, ah, ah maybe I miss it a little. But, but I think that— What stuff doesn't age well? Oh, now I got to think about it because I try to leave it in the past. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to bring up any bad memories for you. Maybe I'll think of one later. But I think that one, I'm like, oh, that was like a good take. That came from a that also came from a true place because you don't know when you're the kind of person who historically has succeeded in this field. Yeah. And you see necessary societal changes happening. You know, if you're a right thinking person, you have to be happy about them. But then it's also sort of like, well, I but, you know, I still still I can get in. Right. Like I can have. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Certainly, you'll let. You yeah, know, yeah so you'll, you'll still kinda, let me in. Yeah, that was sort of the awkward. I know that I'm privileged, but I'm still not succeeding, <laughs> right? So I'm not really privileged, <laughs> right? And then you still are. I don't want anyone to take this out of context. I know, I know that I'm very lucky in a privileged station in society. But just strictly speaking, I don't host the Tonight Show. No, you, you can't don't. take that from me. No, there's I don't. Uh, so, but you know, soon, someday, you're plotting. Um, I'm plotting. Watch out, Fallon. That's what it's going to hang out near the studio in a jacket and tie all the time in case, you know, he's not available to be like, grab the first guy who's just dressed for the job. And as a comedy writer that, that works in the biz, you do you submit like TV packets. Are you do you are you part of that kind of comedy writing world? Um, I have uh, another thing I need is an agent. Yeah. So if any agents would like. Uh, but no. So I've. I've submitted, you know, every year uh, to ClickHole, uh, you know, whenever they do the call for submissions, yeah. uh, which has not uh, worked yet. And then uh, one time Colbert did sort of like an open thing. Like they literally posted the there's, job. Um, there's people who um, – yeah. there's people that write for, for me that, 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 that do ClickHole. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's interesting because, you know, certain people may not get into certain things and other people may not get into other things. But there is a commonality of like you're all on my side. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're all, I agree, you know? yeah, you, but I think part of it is that you have, like, um, you accept a lot of different kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I was so. talking to Kit, like, uh, a couple of days ago about that, and maybe I was talking to Andy Newton about that, too, because I was talking to him yesterday, and he's another writer that also does McSweeney's, also does yeah. uh, Weekly Humorist, and, and, and he's, you know, one of these kind of, you know, comedy magazine yeah, yeah. guys. You guys kind of run in the circles. Uh, all the stuff, a lot of the stuff on McSweeney's or, or the stuff that they put in the New Yorker, it sort of sounds like the same vein. Yeah, you know, like it could have been written by the same headspace person voice that they're looking for. And I kind of just throw a lot of different stuff in there for a lot of different people. You know, like some of the cartoons are out there. Some of the cartoons are, you know, way to this area, way to that area. Some of the writing is just bonkers. Yeah, and then some of the writing's really, really refined. Yeah, if you did, yeah, it would be interesting to see a Matrix where I do think McSweeney's and The New Yorker are closer than, yeah, you go all over the place. Some of your stuff would be Mad Magazine. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously you you come from the National Lampoon tradition, you know, directly. uh, Just dirty. Very dirty. (laughs) I think, you know, somebody else, it's still a little bit more focused. I think, you know, American Bystander takes a lot of different kinds of things. But I do. I like Bystander. Do you submit to Bystander? Yeah, yeah, I've had a, a... well, I had one like piece in there, one joke, and I should have a couple in the next couple of issues, but it sort of comes out on a, yeah. a semi-irregular schedule. But yeah. it's really great. Everybody should uh, send them money. Uh, they're, I hope that they succeed. I like print, and I, you know. I like print, and it's a beautiful publication. If you guys are listening, please check out uh, The American Bystander on Facebook and Instagram and all those places. They have a um, – they're on. if you go on Amazon, you can also buy hard copies of it. Um, you can buy back issues on Amazon, I've seen. They're – 
heavy paper yeah there, it's really you know thick. It, it's beautiful artwork it's really nice cover work and i've loaned out like i had three copies here and and they're all on loan and i don't think i'm ever getting them back yeah. because they're so nice they're really nice it's like it has like a nice smell yeah uh, it's old school it's yeah. like a beautiful print magazine and it's got a crossword puzzle uh you know, Michael Gerber is a really good editor. He's yeah. like a, he's a pleasure to work with, and I think he really tries to do the right thing, as you do. You know, yeah. I appreciate anybody who, you know, yeah, you know, you you guys both you pay your writers. Yeah. I think what you can, and I think it, you know what it add, it adds some dignity to the process of of comedy writing, yeah. even though. You know, look, there is a, a real oversupply of people who want to write comedy, and that's why you see, you know, we were talking before, actually, you uh, you deserve uh, congratulations. You were in the the writer magazine as one of the ah yes. Yeah. Gatekeeper of the of writer humor. magazine. So check that out. I think that's at Barnes and Noble as well. Marty Dundick's Gatekeeper of, uh, uh, of, of modern American, of American, American comedy. Oh, of no, American humor. Ameri- it was a contemporary American. I, I I haven't read it. I just know you're in it and Brian Boone and um, is it Chris Monks is in there? Christopher from Monks, Emma Allen, Emma from Allen, the New Yorker, New Yorker sure. the Belladonna editors right? are all in there. They have taken off, man. That is yeah. incredible. They're um, great. Yeah, they do they're really so good smart. Work. Yeah, that oh, they're really smart. And I mean, the 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 new feminist erotica, yeah. which you know, deservedly is a book. Now you just hear that idea, and you're just like, ah, it's a, there's a certain like there's an elegant simplicity. To, like you you sort of hear an idea, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you know, it just instantly like yeah. you know, once everything just uh, extends from the name. And they executed it really well. And Robot Butt is in there as well. Yeah, I'm happy for them. They're working hard. And yeah. they're, are they in Cleveland? Robot Butt is that? I think the... Yeah, I think they're in Cleveland. Yeah, I only did. I did one thing for Robot Butt. Is it was the Hard Times not in there? I didn't read because they Hard Times is not in there. Yeah, they got an interesting thing going on. They, they do, do fake news because you sometimes do. You sometimes do satirical news because yeah. yeah, you'll have all the stuff. But they uh... really rarely. It's almost only because of you. <laughs> well, there's um. I guess it's a different kind of thing because it's yeah. not quite satirical news, but um. You got that weekly world news kind of thing going. Oh yeah, on Jeffrey well. Gurian submits. Gurian, yeah, and 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 it's like the same thing with him. Like I'll only I I almost never do fake news, and if I do, it's only you and Jeffrey Gurian, because <laughs> well, I don't want to be like a fake news site, you know. Yeah. Be, but but your stuff and his stuff are not trying to be the Onion. It's totally right. different. It's totally a different idea. So when uh, people submit Onion esque type things, I don't even. I'm like, no, no, no. But with your stuff, it's different because it's a different take on a fake news item. It's not just, like, straight fake news. Right. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, like, there's stuff like, well, Department of Nihilism, whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's sort of, like, you could see them doing that, but it exists sort of a little bit in, like, a different universe. I think most of their stuff is probably more related to the actual world. But they do veer off into those weird places. Yeah. Time, time. I love The Onion. I love comedy so much. Hey, Marty. Why... (laughs) Uh, one, you. How did you end up in this uh, in this career? Have what mistakes did you make? Um, I went to Syracuse, and I uh, I worked in illustration, or I majored in illustration. This is all in uh, the Writer Magazine. Uh, oh. with the article written by Keisha Whitaker, who's, uh, who's also wonderful. a humor writer. Yeah, she writes for all, all the places. Yeah, all the same, all the same places. Uh, the next guaranteed delivery show is yeah. going to be a June fourth, and we're going to make it like a little celebration of that magazine coming Neat. out. Uh, so Keisha is going to come, and we're trying to get. Uh, we got the Belladonna 
uh, crew is all going to be there. A lot of their writers are going to come. I'm trying to get all of my writers. Uh, we're trying to get some of the, and also McSweeney's people. So you, it, it, there's so much overlap. Yeah. They're all going to be coming. James Folt is around the city, I know. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will invite everybody. Um, right. We're just going to invite people on the podcast. You just want to list people now. You pull well, up I mean, the events, it's not a private event. So there's going to be an event uh, <laughs> uh, page on the Facebook and the Eventbrite and stuff. So you're going to be able to, and if you're uh, getting all the Weekly Humorist emails which i'm sure if you're listening you do friday um, funnies the friday subscribe. funnies it's um there's gonna be a link to go to the show great too. cartoons from the likes of bob exney oh i love bob exney that's right isn't he great great writing yeah he's very clever he's so funny good artist such a nice guy yeah i listened to his uh, episode of of uh, this podcast as well as, he's uh, funny yeah. and he's re- he's re- incredibly good at tennis is that right have you played tennis with no, him? no but i know that he went to um he went to pratt and he played tennis at pratt as like, the, I think it was like a tennis scholarship. They have is, athletic scholarships. That's what I said. Pratt? What and year was this? That's incredible. I, I don't know. Oh. And I know that he still. I think he still does things in, involving tennis, yeah. uh, which I think is, is fun. But yeah, the, the guaranteed delivery show is going to have a lot of the people from the magazine uh, article that's coming out. So you have to come. Um, I think we're going to do like a little pre-party about with all the people who were involved. So that's going to be fun. And yeah, so yeah, I went to uh, I went to Syracuse. I studied art. I was an illustrator. I did humor illustration. I studied classical painting before college. I was really into portraiture. And then when I came to New York, um, I worked for the New York Press, which is an old... Um, oh, I love the New York Press. It was a, were, uh, yeah, it was an alt-weekly. And, uh, it's Matt Taibbi used to write for them. I used to illustrate and, for him. Oh, neat. I got so, yeah. to see some of those. Yeah, and, I have uh, them all online. Um, and there were those really weird Armand White movie reviews, which by most... I illustrated those. <laughs> oh, that's great. I got to look back. I bet I was looking at your illustrations and just didn't even yeah. know. How how long did this go? Um, I Maybe like four, maybe five years. Huh. Um, a lot of the 2000s, basically. And, um, yeah, it was great. And then they went out of business. And it was only, you know, you made nothing per picture. Uh, but it was fun. And I did, uh, you know, I was like painterly. So it was very portraiture type stuff, stuff that I'd still right. do for, for Weekly Humorous. Marty just gestured over to a, uh, to, what do you call it? Is that just a table? It's, a, it's an art art table. So it's, art like a, table. it's like a slanted drafting table. And it's it covered. It's it, My office yeah. is an absolute disaster and mess. But, um it's a creative space, wouldn't it you is. say? This is pretty neat by my standards. I think it's funny. Side note, one of the areas where there is the most variation in otherwise mainstream people mm. in how they live their lives, I think is like filth or like messiness. Like I've had people come over to my apartment. And I've been like, oh, I'm sorry. It's such a mess. And I'm telling you, like it is. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, this is actually fairly tidy. And I'm yeah. just like, how do you live? And then you go to people's places, and some of them are, you know, not in – because nobody can make you. For the most part, right. you live in your own space, and you sort of decide that no one's coming and in inspecting your right. apartment or if you work as you I'm do I'm still not sure office. in this conversation where I am on the spectrum of this conversation that I think you're, you're talking about. You're doing better than me. Am I disgusting? No. <laughs> are you calling me disgusting or not disgusting? Oh, I can't <laughs> tell yet. <laughs> you may be disgusting. It's not for me to say, but I will say you're, you're – less disgusting than me this is messy right i'm a little cluttered i have a couple of things i'm actually moving out of here i have i've have boxed up some things that are just like junk i don't need so i'm moving but i haven't moved them out yet so i have to tuck them away so that i've actually created more mess by trying to clean so this is what happens when you try to clean you end up screwing it all up i shot myself in the foot and now this place is a dump again because i have two interns starting in oh, two weeks awesome. and i gotta figure out a place to put them so i gotta get rid of half the stuff in my office just so i could actually have interns so anyway I was at college. I came yeah. to New York. I started illustrating New York Press. That was great. Um, I, I randomly got a job at uh, the David Letterman show. Great show. Um, because was, it, was that so? At that point, that must have been uh, the late show, right? As opposed to it late was the late night. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah late night. 
Um, and so this is like 2002. Right, right. And then um, I actually found out how to... I, I had a friend who I went to high school with who actually worked at, at Letterman. I didn't realize that you worked at Letterman. So at the time, I was outside of The Late Show waiting across the street from Mad Magazine because I had dropped off my portfolio. Oh, wow. Mad Magazine used to be... I can see that bill. And then they, everybody moved out to... Uh, they moved out west. But they that's moved to on... California. But that was only like six months ago. Yeah, but that's like 52nd... 52nd Street, that big yeah. old office that building. Was, that and was they had a DC whole Comics. DC. Yeah. yeah. So I used to go, I, I went in there to drop off my portfolio and I met with the, the Mad Magazine guys. But when I was at. By the way, they're also doing a great job over there. Did you see the first new Mad? Or... They're doing great. Yeah. They're doing great. Um, Dan Telfer, is that, is that how you pronounce his name? Or I don't know. Yeah, there's Ali Gertz is over there. Yeah. They're yeah. doing, I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm looking at what they're doing on Instagram and they're doing hilarious stuff. Yep. The art's great. The writing's great. They're really, I mean, they're really in, reinvigorating uh, Mad Magazine very quickly. Yeah. You know, they it's just like pow, just all of a sudden. Yeah. I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz. There's uh, you a know, lot of buzz. I mean, we're sitting here talking yeah, about it. That's right. If we're talking about it, you know, we we've, we've got a handle <laughs> on the, the Zeitgeist. Well, there was I think what they did with the the fake rebrand was really clever. It was like it was pretty dry. Did you see that where they pretended they were going to make Alfred E Newman yeah. like really shiny and right. kinda, you almost could believe it because people are constantly doing stuff like they're just right. taking perfectly good brands and just putting their stamp on it as a show of force. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry for th- let me just interrupt your answers to questions no, I've asked. I'm boring. To compliment people. People, people so you, you Definitely p- people do not listen to this podcast to learn about me. That's people, what I know. My theory people is... People are here to learn about whoever I'm talking to, but not about me. Here's my theory about podcasts, and this seems strange to anybody. Apologies to anyone who's listening to this. I don't think anyone has ever listened to any podcast. <laughs> I think maybe they played the people first do. few seconds. No, no one I know l- listens to my podcast. <laughs> Strangers listen to this podcast. Because I can get numbers. I can That's see. Like, I know people are listening. I just like But no my, one I know. I and I don't even ask people I know to listen. Yeah, you got to get past. I think that's sort of a good habit. I try to get out of the, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, well, this is really for strangers. Yeah, you know, my I friends think, don't like me. Yeah. Uh, enough, not enough to listen to this. No. Right. And you start to feel, you know, about inviting friends to stuff. You sort of you will have to move past that because I mean, they, they feel so bad also. They get really <laughs> awkward. Like, you could ask your friend, oh, are you free to, to go to the movies on Friday? And then they'll just say, oh, no, sorry, I got something else going on. But if it's your show... It gets really weird. Yeah. Uh, they'll just kind of trail off and not talk to you for two months to avoid saying that they don't want to. Well, luckily, you haven't invited me to almost any of your shows. Thank you. You're always free to come. <laughs> it's public information, but, uh, you know, you certainly don't have to. Uh, I might. When is this dog comedy show again? That's May 31st at DSK Cafe in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. What it's day n- of the week is then? That is a Thursday night. It's okay. a great going out night. You don't have to worry whatever big date you have on Friday, whatever weekend stuff you have. It's Thursday. You're getting ready. Look, you're not going to pay that much attention at work on Friday. And this Friday. is in Brooklyn? Yeah, it is. Fort Greene is a... Oh, one Fort of... Greene. That's right by me. I'm in Park Slope. Oh, yeah. I love Park Slope. I lived for many years near uh, Park Slope. Now I'm sort of a Fort Greene slash Clinton Hill person. Uh, so you're, so you're still near Park Slope? Yeah, I'm still near Park okay. Slope. Just a few stops on the G train. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love Brooklyn. It's great. Nice parks. See, that's what I want in a neighborhood. Just getting back to the theme of sort of an old man in a way. But I really, I really like living near a park. It smells nice. You can walk your dog. Um, what yeah. do you like about parks? That's a nice. It's a nice spot. Oh. Um, what else did I want to ask you? Oh, 
So anyway, yeah. So how'd you end up then? That's ah, fine. After Nobody Letterman, I'll get the report after that. I'm sorry. Everything about I'll me. I'll catch is up with you later. No, um, I you know I worked at uh, I worked at Letterman, then I worked at National Lampoon because they had an office around the corner, yeah. and I worked there for like 13 years, and then uh, you did uh, good work. Yeah, and, they... and then uh, they they got sold, and then I, I started this. Yeah. And um, Kit Lively is fantastic, yeah. and he writes for uh, Mad and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants comics, and. And and Bob Eckstein and all these guys who were all were were writers and, and cartoonists have been uh, gigantically supportive yeah. of uh, of Weekly Humorist and um, writers like you and you know it's interesting. I was a big coup for Weekly Humorist. I think that's uh... well, it's just like the f- and it, it's just about having a platform for writers like yourself to yeah. publish on. So that's what uh, the need I saw was. There really wasn't. Uh, there's not that many places to go, as we just established. Right. There's only a couple of, there's a handful of places to publish, uh, like, not mainstream, but, like, typical comedy. Not right. Typical, you know what I mean? Like, we're not on the fringes that much. And, um, you know, like, like like deep, deep Reddit threads. Like, we're not right. that. We're, we're a little bit more on the front line. So, I just launched this, and, and it was only because there were tons of people that wanted to submit. And what's a what's a big? I wanted to ask because it's a different world, right? Going from National Lampoon, which had it's you know one way of doing things. What are what are the big challenges now? I feel like the world's always changing. I read like there was a Sarah Aswell piece in Split Sider. Sarah Aswell is one of your contributors. Right? Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's very funny. She yeah. did the kind of was it the Meat Lovers Guide to the so Pregnancy by yeah, Month. Yeah, I don't want to. It was month by month uh, Meat Lovers edition, which <laughs> is great. Weird. And if you're on the site. Um, uh, that got produced audio-wise from voice actors. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's really funny. The guys, um, uh, Jeff Kreisler and his crew, there's a comedy troupe that does this, something called the Final Edition, and they're just almost like old-school radio performance and comedy, like improv stuff. They're very yeah. funny. And they, they did that. And uh, Yeah, Splitsider wrote an article. Which one are you going to ask about? The one with uh, Matt Kleiman? Exactly, yeah. yeah, about Funny or Die and just sort of the challenge of working with, you know, Matt Wednesday, Kleiman's so. great. God, you met him? I haven't. I would love to. He uh, was in here randomly. We're actually in a WeWork building presently downtown on Wall Street. And one of my friends that I, he's like a lunch buddy. Like uh, he works for another small company upstairs on, on the fourth floor. And um, I, I have lunch with him every day with his coworker, Will. And one of his high school friends in San Diego is Matt Kleiman. Whoa. And, and and he was like, hey, my friend works in comedy. You should meet him. He's, you know, he's coming in for a yeah. happy hour, have a beer. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And it was, it, I just, it was just, it was mad. And I was like, hey, what do you do? And he's like, just show me all this. I'm like, oh, you're, just show me all the funny or die videos. I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> you're like a professional comedy person. Right. And um, he was telling me all about pitch. Do you, right. do, do you use pitch? I haven't. I have sort of a hesitation. Have you used it? So fun. There's a weekly humorous team. You got to be on pitch. I'll try. I'll, I'll think. I'll try to get settled. You know what it is? Here's the thing, and this ties into the question I was going to ask you, but now it's gotten all disjointed. Yeah. But part of me is suspicious of, so it's a good idea. But, it's but a great part of idea. Me is like you start working with a writer, and there's a certain like value to what they're doing, and crowdsourcing in some way. I see that. I got to wrap That's my head That's the first thing I it. said also. Right. Where, and I still I mean? agree with you. Yeah. It creeps me out in a way to be like, okay, well, we have a thousand people on this idea and, and we're just going to take like the two that we like because then a lot of people work yeah. for free. And I know I can't have – it's tough because on one hand, there is the opportunity, right? There's always that balance. It's sort of like what happened with the Saturday Night Live, like the weekend update kind of email joke, the freelancer thing, and then that yeah. goes away. And you yeah. see like – well, from the union perspective, that's good. Like you don't want people like faxing in jokes for 100 bucks a pop, yeah. but – if you raise the bar too much, I understand you lose opportunity. So pitch is great in the sense that it's opportunity for yeah. people. But I also – I have a dream that all comedy writers will 
be eating based on you know the comedy they write so it's i don't know it's a tough balance i like it because it's like a closed network for the funny people on twitter right um and it lets the people on the pitch app potential i mean for in one side stuff that's just like general fun things that you can play games against other really funny people um and it's not open to the rest of the world necessarily which is nice and then they also can do things where um they can get paid for jokes if it's more of like a a a sponsored thing or or they're they're actually sourcing comedy for for copywriting so it is it's it's a fun way to do it you know give and take like if you want to do it it's not a lot of time you don't have to do it right and if you if you do it a ton great you can do it a ton i felt like it it was just the flexibility of it seemed really cool for comedy writers or creative people that wanted to just kind of dip their toe in you know I should check it out because I think you should you're right. check it out the way you're framing it. If it's not a replacement for anything else, then I think I'm I'm a lot happier with it. It did seem like a, a cool idea, but yeah, my one hesitation was the the crowdsourcing element. But yeah. I guess that's the reality. It's 2018. You can't make it not 2018, right? And uh, it's fun. And I wouldn't use it for a ton of things, but from a publishing standpoint, you know, it it would be it's fun to make a topic and maybe get. You know, forty submissions or forty or fifty people throw a bunch of jokes against the wall, and you take the you take the top fifteen, and you make it into a list article, and then you you know give everyone credit, and, and it's a fun little game, basically. Right, but, you've um, seen stuff, but you can't come really. Out of that. But I'm more interested in non-list articles anyway. So you know, the stuff that I like is the kind of stuff that that you write or the kit writes or you know the more long narrative type storytelling. Like I like articles that can be performed. Or right. listen to, or you know, maybe repurposed another way. That's entertainment. You know, well, I'm, I mean? I'm not above a listicle. I've done like the first thing I ever did for you was uh, was a listicle about uh, urinal conversation topics, which was just like, and know, that was hilarious. Single I sentences. Still, yeah, that's still funny. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, listen, everybody. Well, all males can, uh, you know, obviously relate to the to the travails of uh, of urinal interactions. But absolutely. But I was I was gonna ask about the, about the the split cider article though, just in general, because yeah. I think anybody who makes stuff online mm-hmm. is it is it a challenge now to deal with the fact that you know maybe Mark Zuckerberg sneezes or a couple of things change, and then all of a sudden you know traffic you were counting on absolutely might not be there. No, no, and he, they were that article is absolutely correct in that they they tweet a couple of things in an algorithm, and traffic and likes and whatevers and shares that I was getting like no problem just stopped one day hold on one second i mean can I, is this still i think i knocked out one ear hold on let me see you can you plug your headphone back in you're yeah so, we did it you you so may funny. have lost the second of i no, am you a, didn't you're fine i am a disaster you are you're i just funny. knocked the plug the out. number of times that uh that john has somehow broken his headphones <laughs> just in the, the 40 minutes we've been talking it's happened like nine times before we started recording you somehow like your headphones weren't even plugged in, but you were wearing them. The cord was on the ground. That's really bad. If I get That's out of fun. here without causing hundreds of dam- dollars of damage to your equipment, I'm going to consider this a success. But I guess what are you doing? I guess you got the newsletter, right? That's got to be a more stable source of like no one can really touch your your newsletter. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, the Facebook stuff was kind of you know it's it, it did suck. All of a sudden, you went from having likes and shares and traffic coming in from Facebook, then all of a sudden, just people just didn't see your stuff anymore. Right? You know, it just it wasn't even in their feed. Right. And you can you can sponsor a post, but even that really wasn't working either because they weren't showing it to people. It's you know they were trying to over 
compensate for what they had been doing. So all of a sudden, if you were a brand page, none of your stuff was being shown anywhere. So I almost, I mean, I'm still putting stuff on the Facebook. I don't care about it. I'm much more focused on Instagram, Twitter, and um, getting people to read the email right. blast or sign up for the email blast or or that kind of interaction. So, I mean, Facebook is fine, but um, it's good for live comedy shows. So I definitely think Facebook is a great way to get the word out for an event. So I definitely rely on Facebook for the guaranteed delivery shows. Lots of people share and like and come to them for that reason. So that in that way, it's really useful still. But it's not really useful for uh, sharing content as much as it used to be at all. And do you think like um, – that was a good answer. Thank you. Uh, do you think that – so you're you're online. Uh, there's you know American Bystander, MAD. You know, they – We'll partially count the New Yorker, but obviously they got primarily other stuff going on. But do you see yeah. a way? Do you see a future? I guess it's funny. The Funny Times uh, still does print, and they're like a, yeah. you know, a little uh, newsprint operation. But do you see a way in the future? How do you feel about print and for yourself and in general? Do you think it's going to survive? Is there going to be a vinyl revival kind of thing going on? I mean, I like print. I still get things in yeah. print. I still get a newspaper delivered, and I still read newspapers. I still pick up an AM New York in a metro right. every day, and I like having a newspaper. So I don't I agree. enjoy reading things on screens. I like reading hard copy books. I like having paper. Um, so I, I think print's not really going to go anywhere. I think that um, it is expensive to, to do things in print, though. So as long as people can somehow afford it, um, I... I don't think Weekly Humorous is going to be in print. If if somehow we had a a publishing sponsor that would want to, that was already an imprint that wanted to do that, that would be one thing. But on our own, no. But you can digitally print things um, rather easily. We have an app. I don't know if you have the app, but you can get uh, the Weekly Humorous wow. app on iTunes or Android. So we, there's like a weekly issue that you can get. That's kind of some stuff that maybe isn't on the site uh, yet. It's maybe early stuff that we add to the site later. But there's always a couple of cartoons and a couple of articles, and there's usually a cover. So there's a there's a, cu- a custom cover for it. So there's something that's um, on the it's 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 optimized for iPad or or Kindle or something like that. But you can look at it on your phone, but it's small. Um, I'll but yeah. check it out. Yeah, I... are you a print person? You seem like a print person to yeah, me. Yeah, I do prefer print. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff such as Weekly Humors or uh, you know uh, Daily Shouts or McSweeney's stuff that primarily exists online. You yeah, know, I'll read it. Uh, but I don't know, it's, it is nice. It's just nice to sit down with something and not have, you know, text messages coming in. You don't feel as frantic and you, you know, it, because you're, you can just be alone with your uh, piece of paper. It's also tough to read things on devices, I find, because so many things pop up. Like mm-hmm. notifications are exactly. getting out of control. Like I get so many. If If anything happens, if, you know... Jared Kushner takes a shit. I feel like CNN reports it, and it dings on my phone, and I'm like, ugh. And I'll be on. I'll be doing something else, and you got to like, no, you have to like swipe it away. Yeah, swipe it away. You're just like, ugh, ah, too much. I can't read anymore on this phone. So you read a you read a paper or you read a book, and you get to leave. Like I feel like it's it's almost like a an out. Like I get to take a time out if I if I'm reading something hard copy. Yeah, it exactly. It's like a timeout. I ah, I probably shouldn't go. This isn't very funny. I you know there was one morning. Actually, it was uh, the morning of, of one of your guaranteed delivery shows, and I um, I didn't uh, go uh, online, and I didn't turn on the TV. I just told myself, you know what? Today, I'm just not dealing with any of this stuff. So I went into work, and as I'm getting off the subway, uh, my uh, my uh, girlfriend calls, and she never – I never calls. I mean, ever. <laughs> 
Oh, and why would as she? As I'm getting up, and, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? She's like, are you okay? Um, I said, oh, what, you know, what do you mean? She's like, oh, there was an attack in, um, I was like, was, was it the day there was like something in Grand Central? Anyway, long story short, I know that's grim. And it was, you know, they, they got the guy or whatever it was, but uh, that, since oh, then, I remember like, oh, that. I guess I have yeah. to, yeah, I guess I have to check the news. It was, I was, yeah, I that, like was that was December. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on in the yeah, news. Yeah, that was so scary. And like nothing was happening. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary world. I guess I'll rapidly, uh, change the subject well you have to tell me a cringeworthy story you have to tell me an awkward story other than just your your daily stuff i'll tell you one yeah it's mostly just a matter. well i was born and then (laughs) it's been like this for uh more than 34 years so as uh well there's one thing uh, we used to like to go to uh, the the aforementioned uh lady friend we used to like to go to visit her grandma Mm -hmm. in bay ridge at one of those buildings i think they call it like a nork like a naturally occurring retirement community you know it's a building where all the people are old naturally occurring yeah but it's not like a a nursing home and uh they're Mm -hmm. always outside there there'd be um a lot of old people hanging out in their wheelchairs some of them inexplicably smoking uh just you know uh using whatever health they had left. And uh, I was walking in one day, and this old lady said, uh, excuse me, uh, I, I dropped my bag. Can you help me? And I said, mm-hmm. okay. So I leaned down to pick it up, and as, as I'm handing it to her, I feel warmth. And I realize as I'm handing it to her that's a bag of piss. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, like, you know, attached, like, medically. and I, I Oh, it's I, like a – it's attached to her. I, it must by some sort of a, a tube. Is I, that – is? That's not a collapsed. Well, it couldn't have been a colostomy no, bag a, uh, because that's a what's, a. what's a pee bag called? I don't know what a pee bag is called, but I guess I felt like catheter she, bag is a catheter. Bag? It must be a catheter. Yeah, bag. Yeah, that's what it is. I, and I guess I felt like she buried the lead. I, you know, I and <laughs> and the thing is at that point, well, you know, I just handed it. Can you I, hand me my bag of <laughs> urine? Yeah. You could have you could have said of urine, uh, and then I I spent a long time washing my hands when we got upstairs because I'm I'm kind of. I'm a little bit of a was this old? Phone. Was this the grandma? No, it wasn't the grandma. It was okay. just some random. It was just a random grandma. There. It was someone's grandma. It was somebody, probably. probably somebody's grandma, yeah. but uh, not the grandma in question. Who I am pleased to report never asked me to pick up a bag of, of nice. her of her pee. Uh, she she was a sweet lady. Um, uh, so I guess I mean, is that awkward? I mean, yeah. my whole life is counts. Uh, it's pretty awkward. Points. There's this. There's, <laughs> yeah. You guys can't see Marty's Double. face during this discussion, but there's a lot of like, oh no, <laughs> what have what have I done? Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, you know the being in comedy. I think you, there's a part where you kind of have to try to network with people. I'm not good at that part. I'm was really your not. was your first uh, stand up show uh, really awkward, or what, did it go well? Ah, uh, well, I, I did stand up in fits and starts. I only. Uh, a couple or a few years ago started again doing it in earnest i went through i did sketch comedy for mm-hmm. a while and i had but one of the early times that i did it like when it didn't take i got so nervous it was at the creek and i i had to sit down on the stage like my legs got so shaky so i guess that so was you're, you're up at the creek in the cave and you're doing comedy and you're on stage and you are so nervous that you just sit down yeah i just sat down for the rest of the set because like, your legs were gonna give out yeah it felt like they were gonna give out so i guess that's all but yeah you know I how long had... was that set if you have you were sitting oh, it wasn't the... that long it couldn't have been more than five minutes i mean it was like an open mic it was one of the first times i ever performed in front of people i'm oh, not a wow. natural performer uh, as you can tell can you remember perform. any of the jokes you told at that particular <sighs> open mic let me think of Can one you of the tell me one ones. of the jokes where you were so nervous that you had to sit down on the stage in front of a crowd of strangers? Oh, listen, those jokes were all so bad. The truth is, I just. That's what I want to hear. One. Can you tell I me one? I really. 
Oh boy, I, you know what? It's just for my reputation. I can't right. do that. I, I like the, it. the jokes that I still think are good are bad enough. Yeah. Like if, if I recognize <laughs> that the joke is bad, I can tell you know a joke. You, um, I like this. Are you, and are you going to perform some of these jokes when you're hosting at oh, the yeah. dog at the dog show? They're going to be. I'll tell you what I'm nervous for, and that what might be awkward is at this show, as you know, or as you may know, I have a lot of jokes about dogs and sort of like about harm coming to my dog because it's a thing. It's I good am, to have a niche. Well, because, you know, you talked about I'm very scared of a lot of things. I, it's really something that upsets me. I wouldn't make light of anything bad happening to Sheldon. But I, I do sort of worry if they're actual dog owners with their dogs in the audience, they might take those uh, badly. I, I've never thought about like, – Keenan was saying, oh, don't, don't get politically correct about jokes about dogs. But I almost feel like can they take, can they take dog jokes out of that crowd? I guess I'll find out. Keenan gave you direction on what kind of jokes you should tell? <laughs> no, he just said when I said, oh, I don't know about some of my dog material in front of this crowd. He's like, yeah, you can't worry about that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, your show. The Good Dog Show is going to be May 31st on Thursday at 8 p.m. You can bring your dog. We're not sure about fishes. So you have to email uh, John directly about that. <laughs> That's a sin. I will field any questions. You can all just don't call the bar and ask if you can bring a fish. We do want them to like us. The show is five dollars for humans, free for dogs. This is at the DSK Cafe, a Bark Easy, at ninety nine Hanson Place, Brooklyn. Right. Oh, a Bark Easy like a speakeasy. It's like a speakeasy, but you know what dogs do? They bark. They bark. That's right. Oh, that's so Brooklyn. Also, the name, it is the most Brooklyn thing ever, <laughs> but like the current incarnation of Brooklyn. Also, the Good Dog Show. I don't know if you know it. That's a play on words because it could be a show for good dogs or it could be a good show where you could bring your dog. It, what does it mean? You decide. All of these answers, all of the answers to these questions will be <laughs> revealed uh, on March, on, on May 31st at 8 p.m. on Thursday at the Bark Easy. And who, who's, who's, who's on the, the bill? Oh, uh, we got uh, we got um, Jordan Temple, as I mentioned. Uh, we I went through all their credits before. These people are all funny. Uh, there's Jordan Temple, Emily Winter, Daniel Simonson, Carmen Legala, Danny Rathbun, Keenan Snyder, and me, Jonathan Zeller. Uh, it's it, this felt like a wrap up. I do want to pl- okay, so that's great. Ninety nine Hanson Place, May thirty first. Get your tickets. Yeah. The Good Dog Show. Dot yeah. Eventbrite. Dot com. I'll Definitely put, get tickets. I'll put a link to it when I post this right. on the site. Thank you. But I do want to plug your show also. I just want to say just one thing about the mailroom because you mentioned guaranteed delivery. Next oh, one, and I'm going to and I'm going to mention it again. But yeah, That's go good. Ahead. But really, out of all the bar shows in New York, some of these places we do obviously not DSK Cafe, which is a beautiful place, best place in the world. But a lot of the bar shows, maybe not in the nicest spaces. The mailroom is super classy. It's so it almost nice. feels wrong to be doing stand up yeah, comedy it's too there. Nice. Uh, so, you know, you guys shall hang out there and there's no drink minimum. There's yeah. no, it's free admission, right? It's a free it's show. A, it's a free show. You, I mean, you'd be crazy not to go to that. It's as a, long as you went to the dog show first. Gotta go to the dog show first. <laughs> then on June 4th, it's guaranteed delivery at, uh, 110 Wall Street downstairs in the mail room, which is in the lower level of the building. It's a gorgeous, um, lounge. And I think... I don't know for sure what we're going to have. We're going to have some stuff to give away before the show. So maybe get there for happy hour, which I believe starts at 6. But the show starts at 8. Um, this show is sponsored by Swill. Go to GetSwill.com. It's a uh, liquor store in your pocket. It is an app. Go to GetSwill.com and use coupon code DRINK5 for $5 off your first order. Um, they sponsor the podcast? 
whole place. The whole place? And I think they're going to be at the Guaranteed Delivery Show, so we'll see what we'll get out of them. They're wonderful. What else we have? Uh, get a, check out uh, uh, weeklyhumorous.com. So go to weeklyhumorous.com, get on the email list. Uh, you'll find out about events and shows that we, uh, that we have going around. And what else happens? Do you have anything else? I just I just want to go on record as saying that I regret my performance on this podcast. There's so many things <laughs> I wanted to there's so many things I wanted to ask you and I did I was gonna ask the whole thing I was gonna ask about, you know, jokes you're nervous about on your set, you take on a big responsibility, you you're a, you're the gatekeeper, not just of modern uh humor as a determined by the writer magazine, but yeah. the site, do you ever cause the internet is such an a, you know, an explosive place. Are you ever, you ever nervous? I wonder about that because you're always on topical stuff and you're always I don't even making think, snap decisions. I never even think about it. I just do it. We're very different. I just put it out. I get so sweaty whenever I write anything topical. I think, uh, but there's, all, you're always, you're, you're, you're and I think I, I worried in the beginning and I tried to make everybody happy and you can't do it. So you just, you, you trust your gut. If you think it's funny, you put it out and you hope for the best. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of how I look at it, and that's kind of how I do it. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure people will email and tell me that I'm wrong. But honestly, I don't get um, I don't get like hate mail or anything. People don't usually write, "Oh, we hate the content that you put on the site." Most people are supportive and like everything. So I feel like if they hate it, they just don't say anything, and if they like it, they tell me that they like it. So that's kind of where I am. That's you know? a really uplifting message. I yeah. Like well, thanks for listening. Um, this uh, has this been talkered. Please uh, follow uh, follow John online at uh, John J Zeller is uh, it's on the Twitter machine. That's you on the Twitter machine. You and can follow uh, at Weekly Humorous is at Weekly Humorous and follow us on Instagram. Um, and you can follow me at Marty Dundix. And uh, please come to the uh, Guaranteed Delivery Show. But more importantly, please go to the the Good Dog Show on uh, on May thirty first to Thursday eight p.m. in Fort Greene. That's right. Um, the link will be on on the website. And this has been fun. It has been, uh, and again, listen, guys, if you somehow made it through this whole episode, I got to tell you, listen to all the other talk words. This is the worst one. <laughs> is, you, you can listen to all the other ones you've established. This is the floor. This it's is not all the better floor. than this. There has to be, there has to, there has to be worse ones. The one where I forgot to record the entire show has to be worse than this. Yeah, but then you see, you did it again. Yeah. You did it again. We did do it again. There has to be worse. Anyway. Well, this is fun. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. Again, All right. I am sorry. We'll have to see how many times I've, we've said thank you to each other after this. I think thank you. To, I think we're up to seven, right? Thank you. All right. Talk Word is distributed by Humorist Media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.